Philadelphia, are you ready? This is Brotherly Love Wrestling Podcast, your first stop for everything professional wrestling. So sit back and enjoy wrestling talk at its finest with your hosts, Larry Hall and Joe Corrado. Welcome, everybody, to another live edition of Brotherly Love Wrestling. And my neck hurts. Shut up. All, all this time? All this time? You wait till we're recording to be massaging your neck? It's for the ladies out there. <laughs> <laughs> Zero watching. <laughs> so, anyway... Uh, Let's let's talk about All Out. Everybody's talking about it, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. There was a lot that happened in All Everyone Out. Everyone talking about it? A lot of wrestling fans are talking about it. Not, are they? Yeah, they are. At least on social media, anyway, where really? we kind of... I haven't yeah. seen anyone talking about it. Well, people are talking about a bunch of different things. Probably the main one coming out of it isn't even about the main title. Is more about Matt Hardy and the... Concussion? Spot, yeah, that maybe went wrong or didn't go as planned. I wouldn't say wrong. I'm going to say wrong because I'm pretty sure he didn't want to hit his head on the concrete. Okay. I'm going to say definitely wrong. Okay, yeah. What are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about how they continued the match after he fell over twice after hitting his head. And was and, knocked out cold. And then told that he went underwent an extensive three-minute concussion protocol. Yeah. That's yeah. why I thought that the match was taped. And they just were able to do cuts, mm -hmm. but it wasn't? No, no, it wasn't. Uh, completely live, and uh, I don't know how you're knocked out unconscious, completely cold, and you're still able to pass concussion tests. Especially for a guy that runs a professional football team or is involved in a professional football team when they he knows the concussion protocol is usually like 20 minutes, half hour, and then... You send them back out, but not 30 seconds. And you fell down twice. Usually you're carried off the field and you go under. You don't hesitate and go back and forth. And you're like, well, do we call it? Do we not? We'll ring the bell. We'll confuse the people. Then we'll come out and throw a half-ass explanation behind it. Let them continue to get to that last spot that they had planned where he throws them off the guardrail into the tables waiting. Yes. I mean, and that's that, that's the biggest thing is that he had no motor skills whatsoever. When he got up, he couldn't have his his feet weren't under him. The only no. thing he was running on autopilot. He was doing what he knew how to do, and that's yell for Sammy and saying he's going to delete him. But there was no way. Imagine that's your go-to, like when you get knocked unconscious, and that's the character you turn into. <laughs> well, that's Matt Hardy. Like he automatically gets knocked unconscious, and he's brought back as as broken. Uh, yeah, I mean, he he had the presence of mind to go right into character and not break character. But what I'm saying is, like, what if that was, like, this the standard for getting knocked out and getting back up, and then you all of a sudden... Become are, broken? Yeah, and now you delete people. Like you see someone get knocked out on the street, get back up, and they start deleting people. Uh, something tells me that would be your ultimate. That'd be, like, the funniest thing in the world. They're like, that was your, like, it's a, like, this is how you reboot yourself. 
You reboot. You reboot yourself as Matt Hardy, broken Matt Hardy. Like anytime you get knocked unconscious, you that's that's your that's like your 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 blank slate is Matt Hardy. <laughs> is your you autopilot? Know, yeah, Matt, your, your is, autopilot. Is Matt, Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy is broken. Matt Hardy. That would be kind of funny. I mean, you, we we imagine seen... if you're in the UFC and you see someone get knocked out and they get back up and they start to leave people. <laughs> Like, how funny would that be? That would be hilarious because it'd be completely out of the ordinary. That's what I'm saying, though. Yeah. That you you get knocked out and you know your your what's the freaking your default your default setting is Matt Hardy. <laughs> Thank you. I've been trying to get that out. That's why I kept going back to it because I've been trying to get it out the whole time. Well, I'm Stupid glad. Brain. I'm glad that someone knocked me out. I want to start. Leaving. It seems that Matt Hardy will be is okay and will be on Dynamite uh, tomorrow night. Yeah, he's just going to address what happened. So he yeah. might not be okay. Well, he's, might, he's all right enough to be able to to talk to talk and 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 at least do the show, at least do dynamite. That was bad. It was very bad. It wasn't kinda, a good look for AEW for it kind of him. It killed the tone of the pay per view. Like it's not like it had a shit ton of momentum going forward with it anyway. But I mean, that kind of stunted it. So the him getting knocked out because yeah, all in all. I feel like the pay-per-view went on too long. I feel like... You think that each match got a little bit too much time or just the pay-per-view in general? I think the pay-per-view in general just... I think they would have been fine if they... And I know they're trying to get people and work them into the roster, and they, we always say that they need to elevate people more, but I feel like that didn't happen on this one. I feel like the, well, the storylines weren't that great going into it. I And... The matches themselves. I mean, the Matt Hardy thing was that was just unfortunate. What happened that that killed the momentum for kind of the rest of the pay per view. But I mean, the Bucks match wasn't all that great. See, I, that's the only thing. I think the Bucks have gotten a new layer, and I think it was after this match. I think they've gone away from that spot monkey hokey hokey babyface bullshit. Yeah, and they they more frustrated. They're more vicious, uh, especially in this match in general. I like that more. Yeah. I do. I like that side of the Young Bucks more. And I never really liked them as the corny baby faces because mm-hmm. they were like overly corny. Yes. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they, they did it on purpose. More natural, heelish or tweener, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Yeah. But I mean, and after the Bucks match, you had the Battle Royal. 21 guys. And I th- and there's another moment that freaking just completely killed the momentum as well. Yes. I mean, the Matt Seidel botch. That was just another unfortunate. It was a great. It, it was a great spot for him to come in. I, I thought it was a. Great it was a choice. very very good surprise. Yes, and then he God, gets as soon up. as he got in that goddamn ring. Yeah, it's Randy Orton has made him afraid to do that moonsault for the rest <laughs> of his life. He will forever have embedded in his brain the RKO, so he will never be able to pull that off ever again. I'm I'm positive that's the case. That. Single, you talk about deflating the rest of the show with Matt Hardy. That single handedly deflated the rest of that battle royal. Yeah, it, it did. really did because it was a great moment when he came out. But what if he was, was supposed to win and they called it off after? Because uh, I doubt that. Yeah. I doubt that. But I mean, I like I like the the result. I like Archer going on to face Moxley because. I really feel like they're just. I mean, I know, and I, I'm interested too because I like what they did in New Japan, mm-hmm. and I think yeah. that it'll be the same thing over in AEW. I think it'll be just as interesting. Interesting, but I really feel like they're delaying some sort of inevitable that they already have this person picked. It's not going to be. They're just keep lining these people up. 
So you think they have a guy? I think they have someone that's going to beat Moxley, and I don't okay. think. I mean, I thought I really did think it was going to be MJF, and I it might still be MJF. They might just be trying to overthink it and kind of intertwine storylines and do the whole oh he lost to him, so now we'll forget about it for a little bit, and then we'll come back to it because that's real storytelling and professional wrestling, which in a sense it is. But I feel like they have that guy picked, and I feel like it's either MJF. Or they don't work. They're not in the company yet. Uh, he, I think it's MJF. I agree. I love this Lance Archer thing. Like I said, I think the two styles, like you said, in Japan were great. The the match they worked together was it's, was really good. It's just a little too predictable. The feud or him getting there? And I think the outcome is going to be predictable. And yeah. I think that's going to take away from whatever they do as the build. I think as long, if the outcome is predictable, that's what's set in your mind, though. That's what that's what's in your mind. So it can be great leading up to it, but you already knew what the end of the story was. Yeah, that shock yeah, no. value in wrestling is what everyone is missing, and it's always because we don't think you're equipped enough to be the guy. You can be in the main the main event, mm -hmm. but you're not the next hump. You're not going to be there to get us over that next hump, which is always what I feel like the big companies are looking to do. You know, they always want to get over the next hump. So when you set the bar really high with Jericho and Moxley, who's that next guy to get you? It's a downgrade. Anyone else is a downgrade. Well, of course it's a downgrade because you're relying on WWE talent or former WWE talent. Not just, I think that's, all coming that's WWE's problem, too. I just think that's for mainstream wrestling. You get to the top so quickly that the next person, unless you have someone fresh that hasn't been the kind of run dry, mm -hmm. I mean – I always feel like it's a letdown. Title changes aren't really a big surprise anymore, so it's more of a letdown than it is a surprise. And I feel like this will be, unless Archer wins, then I think you get shock value, which I think enhances this storyline if Archer wins, obviously. But then do you, do you worry about the backlash as a company like, all right, so we had Moxley, and how are people going to accept? Unless you change Archer's personality Altogether, which is going to be hard to do because he's already seen as a monster. Yes. Well, I mean, Murderhawk is his nickname. Yeah, he's so, already yeah. seen as a big guy. Yeah. I mean, losing to Cody, hopefully people have forgot about that. They need to. Because. To, to help him move along. I mean, he's been destroying people. Give, granted, he hasn't really had any big competition since Cody. He's kind of just been destroying people on Dark and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So that kind of that kind of plays into the whole, like, all right, he's beating up "quote unquote" jobbers on dark, but how is he going to beat the champion? Like he wasn't battle tested, and the only thing that he had that was battle tested was Cody, and he lost. I think the problem, and that's the big problem with a lot of these guys that are in AEW, is a, with the exception of a Moxley, of a Swagger, Jericho, Cody, these guys that have been in the system of WWE. They're looked at as bigger guys, not bigger stature, but bigger names. Bigger and, stature, too. Well, I mean, look at not. Bill, Cody's bigger than the rest of the non-WWE guys. The WWE guys are like their growth hormone. Like you put, yeah, true. Like true. Billy Gunn is the biggest guy on the fucking roster. Yeah. I'm, beside, no, maybe Swagger? Swagger and then Billy Gunn, if you're going height and then yeah. build. Because when you put Billy Gunn up to, like, Wardlow. You think Wardlow's huge or Luchasaurus? Billy Gunn's bigger than him. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's it's the growth hormone of WWE. Yeah. And a lot of 90s coke and steroids, but that's a whole different story. But, I mean, still, 
you can't. It's hard to build these names that are from the indies, from New Japan, that haven't been top guys. Why is it hard? Well, because in America, well, I mean, if you beat depending, main, if you beat the main champion, aren't you now elevated? Aren't you now a force to be reckoned with? You should be, yes. But I don't think that's the case, like you said, with AEW. Because who are they? All right, MJF might be the only guy. That's a non-WWE talent. Yes. That is a viable next champion. Exactly. What about Kenny Omega? Kenny Omega, I fully believe he is, but they have to build that belief in the rest of their roster. Or not rest of the roster, rest of the fans. Because a lot well, here's of the, thing. the cleaner thing is a lot is of the fans already out. believe that Kenny is the next the next guy. Yes. Kenny I mean, he's done it everywhere else. Now he's on the main stage of this new company. He's gonna be the next guy. And I, I think it could possibly be him because we're starting to see a character tweak in him too. And if something breaks in Kenny Omega, I mean you got Moxley's the baby face. Mm-hmm. MJF is the heel. Uh Archer's gonna be the heel. And if Kenny Omega turns heel, then I think he will be next up for that title. And I think he'll be the one that wins it. And I think they're gonna put the company on Kenny Omega's back now. Which I think is probably the best bet, even if you're going with MJF, um, because you have the MJF uh, Kenny thing. I like that program. I like Kenny as the cleaner and, and to put on these amazing matches and not be stuck in the tag team division that has amazing tag teams already that you don't need to put two singles guys up against one another. Here's the thing. Kenny Omega was praised as the best wrestler by a lot of people in the world. Mm-hmm. So him having that and him being called the best wrestler, him kind of not being used to full potential yet in AEW, if he is finally fully unleashed and he's able to be the best wrestler, the best bout machine again, I think, I mean, he would have never really got that shine in WWE, I don't think. He would never have been the guy. No, you're right. As much as he could have possibly been the guy and he could have been the best hands-down entertainer and wrestler on the roster, he would have never gotten featured over who they had already. So now he's got a chance at a company that, I mean, he could be that guy. He could be the face of the company. Absolutely, he could. He can make you forget that, oh, we've got Dean Ambrose, we've got Chris Jericho, we've got Luke Harper, we've got, uh, who am I missing? Swagger. Cody. Cody. Yeah. Swagger. (laughs) Well, I mean, look. I mean, Swagger came in. Isn't that funny, though? He came in, you're like, oh, they made him feel like he's this big deal. I mean, who's he beat? No one really, and that's exactly what he was in WWE. Like, I mean, yeah. I get it now. He's he's a legitimate Bellator fighter who who had two pro fights and he's won both of them. But that doesn't make him Tito Ortiz. But no, but I mean, I mean yeah, he's two and zero. Oh. Not I'm not taking anything away from being able to be two and zero oh in MMA. I know how insane MMA is. But I think it's but, funny that when people say, "Oh, they're going to AEW now. Now they're going to be used differently." I mean. Is different always better? Is differently kind of the same as how he's always been used over in WWE? I mean, is he? He's always been that mid card guy. Well, and that's the thing. I think when they made a big deal of Swagger or Hager versus Swagger Hager Swagger yeah, versus Cody Hager Swagger for the TNT title, that was a a throwaway match on main event in WWE, and now it was made to 
to be this big deal that is a showstopper. I don't, I, I don't buy it, and I don't think a lot of people buy it. Oh, well, he's uh, Chris is right. He was basically just a catch, <laughs> he was a catchphrase. That's what he was. Yeah, it'd say we the people. Him and Zeb yeah. Coulter. He, yeah. he was just and Cesaro somehow broke away from that and actually because he's talented. Yes. I mean that's all he was. He was a and he they even said it when he first debuted. Yes. And Jericho was the one that had to put an end to it. And he still does it. I mean the last both MMA fights, he comes out and does it at the top he of the He does it with the people? Yes. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Both fights he's done it. So, I mean, he can't get a, away from it, but I don't blame him because that was his meal ticket. That's what made him known to a lot of people. That was after he had won the title, the main championship. But, again, what is he known for? We the people. Exactly. Like, people forget that he was actually a champion. Yeah, oh, I know. But that's what he's known for, and that's what he's going to run with. So, we talked a little bit about, obviously... Archer going up against Moxley. Honestly, I feel like it should be Archer going up against MJF, but I get it, two heels and all that crap. But, but this is the company won. that that doesn't do that. They don't always have a clear heel face. They had they don't believe in them in a traditional sense. So what does it matter if it would have been Archer? Because there's always good versus evil. Exactly. Always. Yes. Doesn't matter if you're bad versus bad. There is someone that is gonna be looked at as more good than bad. And if you look at Archer versus it's MJF, who would everyone old... cheer for? Archer. Yeah. Because MJF is such a good heel. Yes. That's a thing. I mean, what is the problem with that, though? Uh, I don't see a problem with it. I don't see a problem with heel versus heel or good guy versus good guy. But a lot of people do. And what are we... What? what, what? <laughs> My dad. Okay. <laughs> what are we laughing at? Because I want to know. He just typed, when was I? When was you? When was he? What? I don't know. He just said, "When was I?" Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Always or never? I don't know. <laughs> okay, Dad, um, stop writing things. You're throwing me off. <laughs> Crazy ass. Um, MJF should have went over on Saturday night. I think Moxley. I don't think Moxley's doing anything for the title. I think. Um, I, I think that it'd be much better served on MJF. Whether people think he's the guy yet or not, I think it, it's it's just better. I think I think people know that he's the guy. I think that people know that he's the future. I think that's why them not putting the title on him now, it doesn't really hurt him. He's still the best heel that they have. And technically, when a heel loses, you kind of cheer that. You're supposed to. You're supposed yeah. to cheer when the face beats the heel. I mean, he's still that good of a heel that he can be put back in that moment anytime. When was Omega? Saturday. <laughs> Saturday, Dad. You're you're three days too late. <laughs> Keep going if you remember where you were at on that. Yeah, I think that he's such a good heel that he can continue to lose and still be at the top. Not continue to lose like over and over and over again. Okay. But he can lose, and it really not hurt him. I know there's standings and whatnot and all that. Wait, 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 wait. You mean their results don't matter to what goes on? I don't. Uh... <laughs> they confuse me those fucking those uh those results and those they're what is it they're what their standings dad stop oh, their rankings they're ranking they're ranking dad yeah. stop typing things that doesn't make sense <laughs> we am does not make sense stop it <laughs> but no i agree i I don't. I think the rankings are a nice idea, and I think they play the college football type or the college ranking system. It's all strength of schedule. So who who you beat? 
Yeah, and the quality of opponent, but it's a little bit too much. It's fucking scripted. You can't do rankings and and, and results when it's scripted. Exactly. Rankings. That's what I'm talking about. Rantlers. <laughs> I don't get it in a predetermined show how you can do rankings of the best when you're writing in who's the best. You're writing in who wins. I mean, they're overcomplicating it, but, I mean, if they want to do it, then go ahead. If they want to make you believe that it's a sports competition, then go ahead. If they can keep up with it, which I think they're kind of lackluster with anyway, but... If they follow through with it, I agree, but they don't follow through with it. You get people that get shots just to get shots. You don't follow it. The, the women's division, which you have the rankings for, is barely even the problem, represented. The problem with the ranking system is that it shows you who you're invested in. and it Because they only do the top five in each when they put it out. You yep. only get to see their top five. Yep. So this is basically who we're pushing. Mm-hmm. And everyone else's who were not. I mean, at least without the ranking system, I mean, you have an idea who they're pushing, but they're not rubbing it in your face. Like they're not saying, "Okay, this is who we're pushing. We're not pushing anybody else." I mean, it, it's it's a tough thing to do, and I get the sportsmanship of it. Like, oh, you have an eleven and three record. You're doing really well. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the people they you don't ever see the people that are at the bottom. No, because they don't want you to see the people that are involved. No, of course I mean, not. except when it was Dillinger was like, or Dillinger Spears, Spears. was like, Owen five or mm-hmm. whatnot. They were they kept harping on that, and he ended up being like ten and five by the end of the year. I mean, they don't always use it, so it's not it's not always fresh in your mind. Yeah, like if you're gonna do it, like really lock down and do it, but don't be like, oh, we got this ranking system, <laughs> and that's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah, I, but I, I again, I don't think going back. I don't think that MJF ever losing really hurts him. Even in even with a ranking system, I don't think that hurts him because he's that good. Yeah, he's that good at what he does. He gets you emotionally invested, which is what you ultimately want to do. And I don't think that him ever losing is a bad thing. He's supposed to lose. He's a creep. Yes, the creeps are supposed to lose. And when they do eventually, because here's the story. He doesn't. He shouldn't go over right away. The creep has to do something evil, uh, and, and it kind of plays both ways because now you get to see how good of a baby face and good of a badass that Moxley is. He was able. I mean, though he cheated to win, but he already knew MJF was going to do that anyway. But all right, I get what you're saying. Like you can't give it to that brat, the the self. I get it. You can't give it to him right away. But you can. But that's them, what I'm saying. Them like, not doing it doesn't hurt him. Them not doing it makes him have to be even more of a weasel. He gets to lock into his character even more now. When he gloats and wins, that's kind of it. Like, okay, I'm better than you and I know. But I didn't win. You cheated. Now he gets to really sink his teeth into his character even more. And he's good at that. So him losing just heightens him even more. Being able to be the pissy little pissant that he is coming out on TV and whining about how he lost and how the other guy cheated. Because usually it's supposed to be him that cheated. Exactly. And that would be that would be the story is, well, he didn't get a chance to cheat. That's why he's so pissed. He's the best thing right now, personally, and I think you're going to agree, that AEW has going for them. He is that non-WWE guy who came from the independents. He came with a little bit of buzz behind him, but you finally got him on TV, and people are like, okay, he's that good. Mm-hmm. He was 
meant to do this. And he might be one of the only people that they have that you look at. Besides, I mean, besides Jericho. I mean, if you're looking at an old-school, old-fashioned mentality, which we tend to have, the guy that gets over on the mic has it, mm-hmm. who can also back it up in the ring. I mean, if you go with, like, a new school and new mentality, well, you got a guy like Orange Cassidy. That was what I was going to say. They, they, so you have a guy like probably Orange Probably the second would be Orange. Who gets over by literally doing nothing. And being the like, laziest pro wrestler. I mean, it ever. helps that you get put into a... You get put into a feud with Chris Jericho mm-hmm. because, I mean, Jericho is an elevator. He always has been. He always will be. Even old, out-of-shape Jericho with his saggy boots. He will always be an elevator because he can talk. And I said it. <laughs> is that enough term to use? An elevator? Well, he is. Yeah, he, I, I, I get what you're saying. I, I know. I just said I it twice and it registered in my head. I was like, he's an elevator. Well, no, you're right. He does. He elevates anyone he's in the ring with. I agree. He does, and I think that Orange Cassidy being that other other over person is what makes AEW unique. Mm-hmm. Is what makes yeah. is what separates them because they're able to have someone like that, like a a guy that no one's ever seen before on the main stage, a mm-hmm. guy that literally doesn't have to do anything but put his hands in his pockets, and I mean the old mentality, like the cornets of the world, just go absolutely apeshit because. They're selling, or they're no, well. Actually, no selling the kicks. Yes. Yeah. But it's making the business look like a joke. But he's gotten over with the younger fans. I mean, yeah. kind of shows you like who the younger fans look up to. We love this guy. He doesn't have to do anything. We can be lazy just like him. We can start a Twitch. We can start a wrestling podcast. <laughs> but see, the thing I think the thing people <laughs> relate to and like the most with Orange is he gets. That it doesn't have to be serious. Yeah, super serious all the time. Like, you, you can laugh at yourself. It's okay. We know it's scripted. For the most part, most fans know it's scripted. So, I, I just, I think that's the Hopefully reason. Hopefully none of the ones that think it's not scripted are watching. Because we, <laughs> we kind of just ruined Christmas for them. Ah, well, it's time to grow up. But, I, I just, I, that's, a, I think, the reason I love Orange the most is he's in on, in on the joke and he lets everyone else in on the joke. And it's it's one to watch. He's easy to root for. Yeah, he's like yeah, he's like a really good like baby face. He's he shows that he doesn't care, but when he does care, you're you're able to get that loud pop. You're able to get that like oh oh, he's actually doing something, and what he's doing is good. So, yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter that he doesn't say anything or he doesn't really do anything. Like his his zero to sixty is pretty fun to watch. Yes, yeah, I mean, and you talk about probably one of the most. Seen coming results of that pay per view was FTR versus Kenny Omega and and uh, Hangman. I mean, you think winning, that was the most? I think so. You think that was the most predictable? I think so. I mean, uh, yeah, probably. I mean, it would card. it would have been it would have hurt them if they would have if Omega and Hangman would have won. I mean, how would they one? You just kind of hurt your the best tag team that you have, quote unquote, the best tag team that you have mm-hmm. by them not winning. And then you have to kind of carry out that storyline of them trying to be tag team partners even more. Yes. Like you're kind of, you would be beating a dead horse at that point. Yeah. So them, the Omega and Hangman losing, now you get to continue that story and keep them away from the tag and hopefully elevate actual tag teams now. Because yeah. now you have FTR, an actual tag team, as your tag team champions. Now you can get the actual tag teams to chase them. 
Yes, and like, and not only that. Look, don't don't WWE. Hate. Although Hangman Omega was fun, it was they were very good. It, it was good. It's not like they weren't, and good. they had a history. They were in the elite, so it mm-hmm. made sense. But yeah. you already have the tag team of the elite. That's the Young Bucks. You don't need to add another tag team. Keep them as singles. But I like that the story will now continue with Hangman and Omega, but probably against each other. And I think that is what you get: Omega versus Hangman. Omega being the bad guy, Omega winning, Archer losing, and then you work Omega into the Omega inter- Moxley again, but this time in I don't a completely know pay- different level. What pay per view that would be for? That would probably be for All In because you have the well Full Gears coming up, and then you have what's the next one? Is the next one All In? I don't remember. Either way, no you idea. go you go two pay per views, and then you get. Moxley Omega and Omega will be the next title holder. I hope so, man. I I want to see the cleaner Kenny Omega very very badly. I want to see him return to that single star that we that the reason that we became a fan of him basically is when we discovered him and how great he was. Question is, what do you do with the TNT title? As far as how do you look at it, is, is how it do you, still a mid-card title? No, or? no, no, because I, I, I do think, unfortunately, it is a mid-card title, but who do you book against Brody Lee? Who is that that person that's going to get elevated to win that title? Then, cause, I mean, I think it's Spears is the first it's kind name of, that comes to my mind. It's kind of like the Intercontinental title. It's your, You win this, and then you're on to the, yeah. the main title. It's kind of like your stepping stone. Yeah. Who do they have? I don't think it's Spears. I don't think that – I think it's going to be a baby face that's going to eventually beat them. I mean, do they work for the company yet? I don't know. Are they going to be able to find someone that is their uh, AW Dark system to come up and challenge them and be a viable threat? Or are they going to keep using the same people over and over again? Because they're going to run out of uh, – they're going to run out of opponents soon. I mean, that's what I'm saying. You got a, a Joey Janela. Okay. You got you a Matt Jim- Cardona. Okay. That would be – I mean, that would be his biggest feud, though, because you don't think Janelle's going to be Brody Lee. No. And it's tough. you got to find someone who... I was just going over baby faces that were coming to my mind. I mean, they're, 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 already kind of, they're already kind of playing Cody getting his rematch. They're already kind mm-hmm. of hinting at that. So it makes you now think that, okay, anyone else who faces them, they're already setting up for Cody, Cody Brody part two mm-hmm. so anyone else who steps up you're kind of like all right well they don't have a chance of winning because they already they've already hit yeah. it at cody versus lee part two yeah so this dustin getting the shot you already think that dustin's gonna lose and probably get his ass kicked by the dark, the order. dark order yeah so i mean that's the thing the predictability in wrestling well and now yeah i think the, the other story that would and it's tough now because you have so many people like us that are that are out there talking about it yeah, out there talking about it. So now more people hear your input, and if they like your input, then you're like, all right, well now it is predicting. So mm-hmm. We kind of sp- kind of spoil things for people as well. But I mean, it's just tough with who they have in in there right now, and who's going to actually be put in that position to be the next top mid carder. I kind of want Colt Cabana to turn on the <laughs> on the Dark Order. And go after Brody Lee. He's been treating him like shit recently, and I mean, that would be interesting. At least. But I, I don't, I don't see, I don't see Colt winning the title. Uh, it's just another storyline to kind of throw Colt in there and use him a little bit, and someone different on TV. Uh, that that's the biggest thing. Well, that's what I'm saying is that they 
they have a great main event scene mm-hmm. and they have a great tag team scene. Yeah. The women's division is just not that they don't have talent in the women's division. It's just that it's never it's never really highlighted the way it should. And there's not enough I, I get it, there's not enough time always, but they don't even really make the effort. They don't really get you invested in their women's division. So their women's division is is iffy and their mid card, their their talent that isn't that main event talent, they kind of lose me a little bit because it's hard to like it's hard to get invested in. They, it's, I agree. It is. It, it doesn't always make sense, and they they really they don't bring you in. I think they're that, kind of scattered. That's the biggest problem: is that the elite are great and they're great at what they do, and they're very good. So is Cody. So is a, a lot of the top names, uh, whether it's Moxley, Jericho, the LAX or formal LAX. A lot of the top people you see every week on Dynamite are great. It's just they cannot pull it away enough to show some of these mid-carders like a Janela, like Cardona, like uh, Kip and, and Penelope. I want to see more of that. Like the best man thing that they're going to be running tomorrow night. But here's like, the thing. If you see more of the the lesser-known people, then that's less you're going to see of the main people. Mm-hmm. And that's not what you're going to – that's exactly. not what is going to win the weighted, ratings war. Exactly. So they're kind of – they're kind of saddling themselves into and backing themselves into a corner with who they're putting on TV because, okay, these are the people that are going to get the eyes on them. Yes. So they have a problem with elevating people, and they will continue to have a problem with elevating people until they actually commit to it. So I don't see that. I see that TNT title being kind of like, all right, well, the same people are going to keep running through it. Whoever loses the the main title will now i mean it, it's they don't recycle like when you lose you don't go to the bottom no like when you lose you go to the bottom of the top <laughs> if that makes no, sense I, like I get what you're saying, you go yeah. from you go from 1 to 5 like there's always those same that same rotation yeah they don't have like it's like a pitching rotation yeah they don't have anyone else they can bring in yeah because they haven't gotten anyone invested enough when all the other shows seem to have i mean they have more tv time but I mean, look, you have an NXT. I mean, as much as they catch for not being the same NXT as what they were, they're still able to elevate people. They're still able to bring people in and elevate them. Like They're constantly building. There's yeah. constantly new stars on NXT. Always. I mean, you bring in a Keith Lee. You know the talent that he brings. He's comes in. He gets a couple matches under his belt, and he's elevated. I mean, they bring people in, like a Dijakovic. They got Priest. Uh, Priest. They have even a Cameron Grimes. They even found a way to get a Cameron Grimes I love over. his character. Like, that's what NXT does. It's a finely tuned machine. Mm-hmm. AEW is still working out the kinks. They're yes. not as finely tuned as everyone would think that they would be. Well, since we're kind of working our way that way anyway, and that's not only what that. I do. Right now, and not not that we want people to turn this off to watch this anyway, but Adam Cole versus Finn Balor from last week, finally the return match from the Fatal 4-Way uh, Iron Man match. And this match... What do, uh, before we get into this match that yeah. happened, what do you think of the 60-man Fatal 4-Way Iron Man match from last week? I thought the match itself was great. I thought the storytelling in it was very well done. I can see both sides of why people are mad that there was a cliffhanger and no and no champion but 
I also like the idea of having another one because, look, again, all we ever talk about with NXT and AEW is ratings. And, look, Super Tuesday, the first time, yeah, it was good. You need something to draw people back in for the second Super Tuesday, which is going on right now. This is it. This is the title match. Yeah, they could have made made Cole or Balor, hopefully Balor, the champion last week. But you're drawing more eyes. You're saying, man, now i I got to see who wins next week if this was this good and there's still no chance. So I get both ways. I don't mind either way. Well, here, I, I, I here's the happy. thing that that people will say that there there is no story. There was no story. I mean, the match itself was the story. If you were paying attention yes. in the match itself, there is your story, and this is what led you to this week. Yeah. I mean, I just think that the instant gratification that you need to see someone win or lose is just people being spoiled For on, sure. on getting their way. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, so you have to wait an extra week to see who's going to win. Hopefully, you'll see who's going to win, and hopefully it won't be anything goofy that happens. I don't think there will be, but that was the story. That is what brought you to this. Yes. I mean, it, it's sometimes <laughs> it doesn't have to be so cut and dry. Sometimes when you're – I mean, look, they were dealt a hand where their champion had just went down, and this is how they were going to fix it. This is how we were going to get a new champion. So they actually did create a story between these two, again – Finn Balor and Adam Cole within the match that happened prior. Yes. Was it a little excessive by having a 60-man or 60-minute Iron Man match? Maybe, but sometimes you need a little bit more time. And it's not like the people that they had in the match wouldn't have put on a good match no matter what. I mean, complaining about Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, Adam Cole, and Finn Balor being in the ring at the same time, yeah. that's ludicrous. That is absolutely bizarre to even hear people criticizing those four in a match together yeah yeah it's amazing it is it is a dream match yes. it is a match that should always happen and it's taken this long to happen but we got it and people still find a way to complain about it. well because and we talked about this before because they didn't get what they wanted exactly they wanted they wanted this but not in this way they wanted it to end like this, but maybe something else or someone else would have won. Like, you have this amazing 60-minute Iron Man Mad Fatal 4-Way for the best wrestlers, period, in WWE. Forget just NXT. WWE, period. And they all they go to a 2-2 draw between two of the contestants, and you get another match following it. What? Why? Where are you going in the next week that you can't just wait till next week and watch it again? Like... It's supposed to be carrying on. You're supposed to watch it week in and week out. And this is great wrestling. It's great storytelling. To be that spoiled and and it, it just I can't here's I, the thing. I can't get it. Here's I don't the understand. Thing. It's not as predictable either. Like is this could go either way. This is kind of 50-50. Mm -hmm. So it's not as predictable as some of the other matches that you've seen. So I mean they could go either way and it's a win for them. Yeah. Either way they go, they have a win. That's how deep they are talent-wise. You either have the longest reigning NXT champion getting his second, uh, another title, another title, not title shot, and then you have Finn Balor, who is one of the greatest He's NXT the second longest reigning. Yeah, and one of the greatest NXT stars. Period. Who could get his second, uh, second the, title? Either way, it's going to be the first person to ever hold the title, uh, besides Nakamura. Yeah. and they get added to that list. Was it Nakamura and? Damn it. Yeah, it got me. Is it just Nakamura? It's either Nakamura or Nakamura and Joe. 
Maybe it's Joe. I think Joe is uh, multiple as well. Or but Or was it Balor? I, I think, nonetheless, you're getting a great champion, and you're going to be able to keep building on uh, if week after week with whoever gets the title, whether you want to keep this story going or you're going to set up someone else to come for the title. I Honestly, I think that Finn Balor needs it more. I think that when they brought him back, he was, I mean, he's looked at one of the greatest NXT superstars of all time. Yes. But he came. He didn't come in with the demon, so he's trying to be the best by just being himself. So I think he needs it more. I mean, Adam Cole just showed you what he had. He gave you three hundred and sixty some odd days or more mm -hmm. as the champion. I think now is the time where Balor holds it, and Balor is the face of. I mean, you really can't go wrong. But Balor being the face, I think they're kind of better off. I think people are forgotten how good Finn Balor. I, yeah, I agree. And I think people that are holding on to the demon, thinking he needs the demon and it has to happen, I don't think it does. And I think you're only kind of holding him back from developing if he just hides behind this demon all the time and is able to just throw it on. And let him develop. Let him become this completely different new version of Finn Balor, which is what he's becoming, this Prince character. Well, the the was well, kind of a throwback for him, but I think... He was just becoming an entrance and yeah, becoming a yeah. cool aura. Yeah. He when he was the demon because when he was the demon, you knew he was winning. Yes. So after he got to the ring and did all the cool shit, yeah, you watched for the match, but you pretty much already knew what was gonna happen. So he's becoming more of a spectacle for his his intro, his 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 theme and whatnot. Yes. But I think people forget just how good he is and why he was the first ever universal champion well and not only that tonight aside from the big title match there is another match that is going to be the main event and it's look a women's match it's going to be the main event of nxt yep mercedes martinez versus rhea ripley in a steel cage this match is going to be brutal you got two brawlers in there that love to fight are very physical it's there's there's no secret that nxt loves its women's division mm-hmm and they can fall back on that whenever they need to. Yes. Because they have the talent and they've already they're already all elevated in their own way. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of characters. They're all different. Yes. Which is nice. I mean, they're able to I mean, this isn't even for a title. No. This is just a this is just a bad blood match. Yes. Yeah. And it's main eventing over the main title match. That's crazy. That's crazy that they mm -hmm. can do that. That's something that AEW won't do. No. I mean, not to say that uh, Thunder Rosa and Sheeta wasn't a fantastic match because it probably was maybe match of the night. I was say, you could say it because I, I fully believe, especially, and I think Thunder Rosa got over even though Sheeta went over. Yeah. But, you know, I, I mean, think, I think there's a difference there that people tend to. It was a really, it was a really good wrestling match. Yeah. It was very good. It was good back and forth, and it probably was the match of the night. But I think it was. I mean, there's nothing to say that they won't do it again. They couldn't main event an AEW Dynamite. It's just that who's next? Who else do you have? Because these are, I mean, Rhea Ripley is one of the, the top names in the female division or even in all of NXT. Mm -hmm. um, but they have, like, the Shotzi Blackhearts. They have the Tegan Knox. They have... The Candice LeRae. They have people like any one of them could be a main event on that show. Yeah. And typically they get their chance to eventually if they haven't already. Yeah. So 
what I would like to see is just to go back to AEW is them to get out of their comfort zone because they're starting to get into a comfort zone. It's, I mean, as rah 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 as it might be, that it's going to end up hurting them. I mean, NXT has the blueprint, mm-hmm. but I mean, I get it. They don't win the ratings or whatnot, but they kind of should. I think they should when it comes to wrestling. And I think that slowly but surely they're doing more character development, which I think is lacking on NXT. As much as I love NXT, their characters are very good, but it needs to be bigger storylines that can catch people in. It's going to be interesting to see when fans, whenever the fuck full capacity or even half capacity fans are allowed back in and what the product looks like. Mm -hmm. Because right now, NXT is kind of bland when it comes to production. It's kind of just a ring and the wrestlers, and that's about it. I mean, you get better production and creativity over on AEW side because they're venturing out more. They're actually letting some people in, and they kind of did that from the beginning when they had the wrestlers around the ring. Yeah. I mean... And Daly's Place is the perfect venue for AEW. Yeah, they're outside, which is nice. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you're able to space people out more being outside in open air. I mean, NXT would struggle unless they found an outside venue as well. But, I mean, that's it's kind of what's hurting them because they do have it. They have all the people. Mm-hmm. They have top names in wrestling. Yeah. It's just that what they're able to do with them will, will be the interesting part. So, before ending the show, I did uh, – I've seen a lot of people talking about – Hold on. Before we end the show, Go ahead. I want to see something. We're talking about women's divisions and top mm-hmm. women's divisions. Mm-hmm. What I would like to see, I know – the Evolution pay-per-view was great, and that was groundbreaking and momentum, but there was all women's pay-per-views before that. Mm-hmm. I think Impact has probably the top women's division. I think just to set themselves apart, and I think they could do it, is to put on an all-women's show. For, and I yeah, think that would I, get the eyes to them a little bit more because I think that they lack – I mean, being on Axis doesn't help because not everyone has that channel, and them streaming live to Twitch. I mean, they take the, the secondary route to, to people – I mean, without being on a major network. But I think if they ran an all-women's event, which I fully believe that they could do, I think that would get more eyes on the product. And I think that would kind of – it would push WWE and AEW. It would definitely have to push AEW. If they highlighted an all-women's pay-per-view, they would have to push AEW's hand into doing something more creative with their women. Well, and I think, it, and it doesn't have to be the length or the amount of matches that WWE's was. No, no, they can you have a smaller you, roster. You can run a five That's or six, yeah, uh, match event, and it'd be an all women's event. But I mean, you have the numbers, mm-hmm. you have the talent, and I think that would kind of look. And not only that, they could bring in a Gail Kim. They could bring in. Yeah, uh, they have plenty of people. Uh, that they could pull. Bully Ray's. Um, uh, uh, wife, I cannot. It, her name's escaping me now. That's all right. Um, Velvet Scott, the beautiful people. <laughs> uh, you could bring her back, and I mean, there is a lot of options for them to do to where they could do a pseudo WWE style where they brought back Trish and Lita, obviously on a smaller scale, but it would still it would. But I think what that would do is that it would it would push the envelope for. I mean, I know Vince doesn't like riding or letting anyone intimidate him into doing anything but it could be the catalyst to another evolution which people want or a queen of the ring i mean because they oh they I like that a lot they better, might not honest. want to 
uh, acknowledge that you did it, but they're sure as hell want to one up you mm -hmm. and show that they have the. I mean, it could be, and I think that they could be the people. Like one, it's great for them. It's eyes on their product, and it's something that not everyone is doing. Yeah, constantly or consistently. Yeah, I mean, and and I think it, it would be great for all of wrestling because now it would force others like AEW to now fully invest and look at their women's division and kind of reevaluate it. Yeah. All right, but go ahead. Anyway, uh, yeah, just like I've seen a lot of people shitting on WWE's Thunderdome. Not literally. Yes, not literally. It's maybe possible. maybe they could. Maybe they're on their toilet while they're watching the Thunderdome and are very, taking a shit. Very good point. Of course, it could be possible. But I think that fifty percent of them are dropping a deuce. <laughs> so I joined Thunderdome last night for four, about forty-five minutes. Just to see what it was about, and just to hear if people were saying that they were telling you who to root for, and they were telling you to boo, they were telling you to cheer, and uh, that's not the case whatsoever. Uh, it was actually pretty well done. Um, yes, they had a producer telling you that they're coming out of break, they're to, and, but the most he would say would be to be animated. You're on TV. They want to see people that are clapping and booing and, and at least look like they're having a good time watching Monday Night Raw. So I thought it was a pretty cool idea. Watching it, watching it was cool. Um, it was like this: uh, you watch like you're watching Raw on your laptop or on your phone, and have a little screen with you in the corner, and it was cool. It, it was a good idea. But I honestly, after doing it, I just think it's really built for like kids that are like eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, and maybe to the max fifteen. Seeing forty-year-old dudes sitting on their couch in Thunderdome watching Monday Night Raw. Uh, like, I just I don't know. It seems like a kids thing, and and that's their that's one of their main focuses as far as that's the demo their key goes. demo exactly for WWE. I just I can't see. I, I could. That's why I stayed in only forty minutes, and I wanted to because when someone early because you know that your age is the closer that you get to the screen when you're watching. So <laughs> you're like you're watching like this. <laughs> yeah. Can they see me? <laughs> but, Did I forget to trim my nose hairs? <laughs> but I mean, I scared away well, all the viewers. Yeah, you did. It's a good idea. It's a lot of fun. I mean, good for WWE for switching it up. I, I like the idea. Um, but don't believe what everyone says. They don't tell you who to root for. It, it is. It is fun. If you want to do it, sign up and try it. It is pretty cool. I think that's kind of a no-brainer. Like you know who to root for. Yeah, yeah. They don't have to. They really don't have to tell you. Um, they don't coach you. So, I just uh, I thought it was it's cool for WWE, but not for anyone older. I don't think it's that good. But I don't know. I've never done it. Yeah, it's 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 all right. But so I think that'll wrap up the show. Um, we we hope you enjoyed the show. We hope you uh, enjoy the rest of NXT uh, if you're watching it and. Uh, watch it and of course dynamite tomorrow night so thank you for watching if you are new to watching this and you don't watch any of our other shows go on to linktree slash 215 wrestling find all our other shows whether it be unite fallout um or just our regular podcast where we just like to talk a lot of shit just like we did <laughs>